This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. David Arquette is an actor, and if you didn't know, he was a former professional wrestler, too. He is best known for his role as Dewey Riley in the slasher film franchise Scream, as well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Never Been Kissed, and more. You can also catch him in Mrs. Davis streaming on Peacock. This is Just Be with David Arquette. What are you running around? What's so important that you're doing? I'm powdering my face. What's all? What are you doing? Uh, uh, nothing. I just have a show coming out. Just doing this and uh, went golfing for a little earlier. So you're in LA. I'm in Nashville. Oh right, you moved to Nashville. And what was what precipitated that move? Um, uh, I have two kids with my wife, uh, Christina, um, and she wanted to raise the boys. Uh, outside of a big city like LA she's from Arkansas so my daughter's still she's 18 now she lives in Los Angeles uh but and that was a big thing I think a lot of people did that to Nashville in particular but during the and Texas from LA during pandemic yeah yeah um it's been interesting you know I grew up in LA so it's been a bit hard for me but um you know it's a calmer life here and just sweet. We've, we've got a nice little community. So I have had so many people on here and your reading about you was honestly, if the most interesting, if not one of the most, I mean, it was really, there was so many things I read about you that I would never have known. And you're my era. You're my generation. Like you're someone I read about in, you know, the magazines and tabloids and senior movies. So I was shocked that there were all these things I didn't know about you um, that were surprising, like many multi-layered. I think, yeah, really interesting, really interesting. So reading that the only thing that was not a surprise was reading that you're an introvert. That was, that comes across in your persona. Yeah. I have a really hard time. It's getting more, I'm getting more comfortable in social situations, but 
it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. And sometimes I don't think being an introvert is something that people really think and understand is real. And I meet people, I know some people that have been living a life as an extrovert uncomfortably, but they actually are an introvert. And I think as you get older and into your 50s, you start to think about that because just because you have a personality doesn't mean you want to interact, you know, like reading about you, like, I don't like to transact. I don't like a lot of like talking to someone and, and like, can I get your room key and how are you having your day and like interacting a lot? Like I get anxiety from transacting. So, yeah. um, and I was just talking to someone who said that she has been living her life as an in- introvert. I mean, as an extrovert, but is really an introvert. So how do you gravitate towards the entertainment industry as an introvert? Yeah, well, you know, I used to, I mean, aside from, uh, you know, my career acting or whatever, but just in life, I used to drink to kind of combat that. And it was like this ego kind of juice for me. And it would just give me like this. But I've realized that a lot of my behavior when I did that it's kind of like the cringy, embarrassing stuff that I don't want to repeat. So I don't drink anymore. And um, and it, it's, it's had me sort of be able to have to sit with myself, get comfortable with myself, sort of find other things that help uh, with that exercise, being creative, like different things like that help with that. But as an actor, I don't know. I'm, you know, there's some things where... I don't know. I think that's why I drank or wear stupid clothes in the past just to kind of like, you know, to like, okay, look at me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, look at me so that I, you know, I don't know. I, I feel it easier to, if somebody's looking at me, if I have the spotlight, if I'm on stage to then, you know, shine or whatever. Well, they can talk about that, but it's not really you. It's like, it's like a distraction. It feels like. Right. When you're like not look, being right. Well, like, look at this yourself, facade. Yeah. Then you and then you're like, oh, what are these feelings and why am I feeling that way? How do I let this sort of, you know, heavy feeling kind of pass and breathe through it? And it's especially hard being a parent because it's just like, oh, you <laughs> deal with all these triggering things from your past. I just realized, like, when I'm in a car with a bunch of kids and like they're screaming, like it's getting out of control something triggers in me like same traveling across the country that just i don't know what it is and i have to like literally say to my kids listen it's not you but i'm getting a lot of anxiety can you just kind of tone it down i can make you feel i don't i i think it's funny when you hear like your kids in the back on tiktok and the noises and you're just like no like these little things happen that you just want none of it once you've heard it once anytime you hear it even for a second you can't even, you know, you can't handle it. But that's also age. Like, if it, I, I don't like anything repetitive. Like, any kind of music that's repetitive. Like, do, do, do. I, I can't handle any, even if it's, like, Mozart. I can't handle repetition. So, we're all getting crazier. Or or more authentically who we we really are. But um, So, I guess, if you had to be a reality star, or you had to just be yourself, that would be harder than being another character because that gets to be some sort of a like a shield right a little i just a, a, a couple of years ago i did a documentary called you cannot kill david arquette and it sort of focuses on my love of wrestling and i did a wrestling movie and i was the 
they made me the champion and wrestling fans got really upset. So I went back to sort of prove myself. And in a sense, it's kind of a, a little snapshot of my reality or my world within this wrestling sort of <laughs> place. But um, I don't know. There's something kind of uh, liberating about being able to just be yourself and not hide behind a character and just like accept me for my flaws and like, mm. you know, understanding your flaws and also like, uh, I'm dyslexic. So I, I'm the type that takes those flaws and figures out a way to like make it work for me in a better way for, you know, a way that sort of helps me. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you, um, but the wrestling thing was a real thing. It's a, it was a role that turned into a real thing, which sounds like it's funny. Cause I, I feel like when I was waking up this morning, I was thinking about everything I read last night. I wanted to say, it sounded like a midlife transition it sounded like a midlife blank that i can say like totally. now i'm a rest like it sounds like a new identity but so unusual so it's not a hot it wasn't a hobby you weren't just doing jujitsu on the side you were like a wrestler yeah yeah so what no. the heck explain that Cheers. um it's a really interesting form of entertainment i don't think it's like understood by people i think it's like brushed off as it being this but it's a lot okay. complex and detailed. And there's all of these nuance to it when you get into it. And like I toured for a couple of years doing independent shows and wrestling all throughout the country. So, and I trained in Tijuana with luchadors and wow. really, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was crazy. They almost died. So it's wow. It's the whole super dangerous. Yeah, the whole lesson. Yeah, I got stabbed in the neck at one point, but um, <laughs> it was a mistake. I was in something called death match, but um, you know, I learned something like, why am I beating myself up? <laughs> I was asking myself that, and it went down to like, also, I'd had alcohol abuse in the past, and just you know, came from an abusive background. So I was like, why am I uh, like beating myself up so much? And then you know, understanding that and how not to do that, and how to sort of like then lean into self-care and you know really taking care of your needs kind of helped a lot it, it it captured this point in my life where you know all of that was coming together and uh i don't know it was a i was really sort of open <laughs> you know you see me do a, a therapeutic ketamine treatment in the in the movie it's pretty intense wow so yeah. the wrestling was 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 harmful to yourself or healing because you're saying you were no, beating yourself up with physically harmful yeah i mean to your body it's completely destructive but to your to my mental and my sort of self-confidence it was really like it got me to be in the moment a lot more there's this thing about wrestling when you're first learning it you're like pitter-pattering your feet a lot and once you like learn how to settle in and then slow time down <laughs> and then you get your moves really crisp and you like make it look really painful, but you're actually not hurting the person at all. It's a pretty magical dance once you figure it out. <laughs> and do you do it at all now or you left that behind? No, I don't do it at the moment. I'm not completely like I love the business and the fans so much that I'm not like I'm open to having some fun in that world again. But what it also did was I loved wrestling as a kid. And it's also sort of my love for Bozo the Clown, like certain things that I loved as a kid. I want to like hold on to those things to, so my kids can experience them so they also can sort of enjoy it so we could go to wrestling matches together or we could go to 
the circus or whatever it is. And no, Bozo's your whole life. So Bozo's also my generation, you know? Yeah, Bozo's like, I fell in love with Bozo when I was like three or four years old in Chicago. I lived in Evanston and he was really big at the time on WGN and Bob Bell played Bozo. And I just fell in love with it. So then I started studying clown recently. We're doing a documentary about that. And Oh, it's not just Bozo. It's the whole art of the clown, like the whole life of the clown. We're sort of using Bozo in a sense to uh, sort of bring the brand back, but in in a sense, help bring back kind clowns and fun clowns and silly clowns and not just scary clowns, because scary clowns are sort of taking up all the air in the room. Do you know Eric Stone Street? Yeah, I love Eric and I know he's a a trained clown. Oh, you do? I was going to say, because he's, yeah, that's crazy. Like, he's definitely the only trained clown I know. Yeah, I'd love for him to come play it. I love the stuff they did on Modern Family involving clowns. Yeah, he's full. He's full. I mean, it's not going to be that hard. It's going to be hard to cast the clown world because there aren't that many other people. So he might be able to get some sort of part in whatever it is you're doing because he's the only one who's trained. Such a cool world. Like when you learn clown, there's a few things like uh, it's a gift that you're presenting to the to the audience or whatever. So it's not like you're asking for anything in return so you're just kind of putting it out there and it's a skilled performance that you've sort of crafted for them but that's the gift so and if you could tap into that like light lightness in your heart like when we were children that brightness in our eyes where your clown lives and when like the idea is like if we could get more people like understanding that and being able to laugh at themselves and laugh with each other but not laughing at people or causing people pain you know like there's a a, this an old poster right there that's about being funny like being funny in the right way but not that's so true because i literally when i think of clown the last interaction with a clown that i've had is watching that walmart commercial when the clown stepped on that like sharp unicorn Did did you ever see that commercial (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember this. It's a, it's actually a, so. There's a kids' party and they're all <laughs> sitting there, and the clown is being a clown and entertaining them. You got to look it up. And he accidentally steps on like a sharp like unicorn toy and <laughs> screams at the top of his lungs. And it's just it's hilarious. Like it's a very edgy for Walmart commercial because it's just so irreverent. It was really funny, but it wasn't laughing at the clown, and it but- wasn't. It wasn't making fun of the clown, and it wasn't the kids like laughing in like a uh, an innocent way at the clown. It was the clown totally just making a mistake, and I was I was crying at this commercial. I don't know why. I just remember it. You have to go see it if that's if that's this this brand adjacent. Um, yeah. And so your relationship was extremely public, and I guess that's because. You were both very famous at that time for different reasons and because Courtney was, uh, you know, on the biggest show of all time. And that was like that moment. And thank God there was no social media then. It was just reading the magazines. But um, and I didn't realize it lasted so long. That's a 14 year marriage, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. So that's successful, especially, you know, by Hollywood standards, by anyone's standards. But in my mind, it was a couple of years. And then I read and I was like, wait, they were married for 14 years. And it was very um, public. And it's beautiful that you say that you are like, in a, you're great co-parents. Like you have a beautiful re- relationship. You're in each other's lives besides the kids. Your totally. child. Yeah. Ultimate respect and 
love for each other. It's all about Coco and it's all about, you know, being that example for a healthy relationship, even if it doesn't work out. I mean, that sort of started when we, you know, we got separated and that wasn't public for a long time. But um, when it came to the divorce, I personally believe that a lot of uh, people spend most of the money on lawyers right. when they splitting it. And, you know, if you can be reasonable and rational and sort of uh, approach it in a way where you're both uh, have your child's uh future uh in your on your mind i think you can really do magical things and save a lot of money we had a mediator and she said it was the cheapest uh she'd ever charged her clients that's 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 about the two people that is one that's the most admirable thing whenever i hear that because it is really really rare it's more it's more rare than being a a wrestler that's into clowns i think (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's rare um and that's a role model you know because also for your kids you want to be show them a positive relationship in many forms yeah for sure for sure and and christina is just incredible she's really helped me she helped me get through that i mean i was super damaged by the time we had met and there was a lot of like you know uh shrapnel she had to deal with at that time so once we made it through and and just sort of worked on ourselves individually and then uh came back together it's really been beautiful as far as uh, a different take we just realized like you know there's like a passion to arguing and like you know that push and pull of a relationship but once you like drop the scarf and you know you listen to each other's needs and boundaries and you start like, you know, really are clear about all that. I don't know. There's a really beautiful thing that happens when you <laughs> don't argue. I think, uh, I think fighting is pretty much the biggest waste of time on this planet. You know, yeah. the, the things that, you know, it's important to like, you know, stand firm for what you need and all that stuff. But I think, I don't know. I like, everyone to win (laughs) i know it's crazy but i like like when things work for everybody right well you're describing a lot of any business relationship but this should be a little bit of a rub and everyone's a little uncomfortable but ultimately happy Um, ultimately satisfied yeah and there's so many things that happen within that world that are also like i don't know just uh it's it's a crazy world when you see some people get cutthroat and I don't know. Some people do business in a really different way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's very, very, having been through both in a very intense way at a 10 year divorce uh, on a two year marriage. So having been through a serious business career and that it's, it's, it is oddly similar. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. 
With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I can't ask for cautionary tales because you were married for 14 years. So that to me is a successful marriage. It just sounds like different, went in different directions. So I would have asked you if like you got married too young or something, but I do think it was successful. So I, I the cautionary, the different directions, I think just in general, you should never let your, you know, you have to be independent, but you can be independent, you know, in a parallel way, not in a moving away from each other way. And once you start to get too far, just leaves room for other people to like other needs to like kind of, come up and and uh you know factors within the relationship i think i think you just have to keep it like i think relationships move apart in general but you have to just keep coming and really staying close get back to center because once you've gone too far it's hard to get back how could someone know if your paths are gonna separate then would that mean that no what you can't know so like marriage shouldn't seem like something that has to last forever. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't how could someone know? Listen, I think it, it's all relative. And you can like, you know, I understand a lot of people not wanting to get married anymore, not wanting to have kids. I totally get it. Like it's complete I get it too. choice and, and it's beautiful. And, you know, and there's also people change and you go through things that maybe you do like kind of outgrow each other or you're not, you know that type of uh partner anymore you can be friends but you're not just not romantic or whatever it is in in your relationship but 
I don't know. I think uh, as long as, you know, it's not toxic, like that's where you want to really avoid those kind of, you know, bickering and like the kind of stuff that just, I don't know, becomes like drag on your life. <laughs> you right. Know I mean? Well, like a crack becomes a crater, but yeah. you, it sounded in reading about you like, like maybe marriage isn't really for the young because it sounds like you now admit that it's hard, which I admit that relationships are hard too. And not a one size fits all when we're younger. I think you think you're supposed to be married in a way that you're supposed to be married versus when you're older, you kind of a la carte menu, like curate your own marriage, like relationship. I'm in a relationship with someone who lives in a different state, like, a, you know, and, but it works because in the beginning we were trying to force it to be what it was supposed to be. And once you actually realize who you actually are and what the dynamic actually is, and then make that work, you're kind of swimming under the wave instead of fighting the wave. Yeah, totally. I love you know that. what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Because you say you, you admit that it's hard. Like, if someone doesn't admit that it's hard, I think there's something wrong with them. Like that, and I, I'm being too judgmental, but like, are you, what? Something will crack at some point. How could two people be like clones that want the exact same thing? It doesn't make any sense to me. No, me neither. No. Right? It's, it's, yeah. Especially if you're, you know, I was once with my therapist. I was like, oh. And he's like, you like strong women. That's just a reality. You're going to. You know, you wouldn't be happy with somebody who was more subservient in the sense because you just like, you know, somebody who's strong, who's like a powerful woman. And I was like, yeah, that's true. You know, so with that comes, you know, very strong opinion. Like, you know what I mean? You have to. Yes. Yeah. Care. I'm that. I'm that strong. Yeah. Well, you like to wrestle. And when you understand that, it, there's a beauty to it. If you have an ego about it, it can be a complete disaster because then you're like, you're caught up in all these things that have nothing to do with your actual relationship and your dynamic together. Right. Like I, you can't, you I, can't walk in and buy something in a store and then wonder why you got what you walked in to buy. Like you like strong women. So then you can't, you know what yeah. I mean? You can't want a dog to be a cat. You, you, you adopted a dog. You didn't adopt a cat. You're not going to, there's, there's not going to be a cat. That being said, my wife did adopt a fair. <laughs> dog at one point and you know there was some some uh healing i had to do let's say so scream has been an indelible part of your career and um has that been amazing what's your relationship with that entire experience oh yeah it's been completely amazing as far as um got to work with Wes craven which was an incredible gift he was a real mentor and a really fabulous director. Then I met Courtney and, and then my daughter Coco, which is just like everything in the world. So, I mean, the, just that alone. <laughs> but then, you know, being part of this new franchise and the fifth one, getting to work with uh, Melissa and Jenna and the new directors, Matt and Tyler, it was a, uh, it was great. I think they're, it's just a fun thing to be a part of. You meet these people at, at uh, the fans at um these different conventions or whatever and they're just so touched like we met our first movie and then we've been married for 10 years it's like just these really uh beautiful moments and also that it like spanned this amount of time and that it's like connected with people and when people have our fans are kind of like serious fans so it's really like 
been important to them for 25 years. So when you start doing that, start talking to them, I don't know. There's something really sweet. I have a relationship with fans where it's like they kind of feel like they're my friends and I feel like I'm right. their which is a good way to be. I've seen the other dynamic where it's more like old movie star style. It's yes. fine. Not for me. Well, has that, what's been, and you own uh, Bootsy Bellows where I've been. Isn't there one in Aspen? Yeah, there's one in Aspen as well. Okay. And so that was your concept? That doesn't seem, that does not seem like you at all. Or someone there's, came to you with the concept or you created the concept? We have puppets. So that might sound right. <laughs> Um, uh, it's named after my mother. I found her in a like a fifties pinup book, and she was lingerie mm -hmm. fighting with another lady. And I was like, "Mom, <laughs> I was eighteen. And I'm like, Mom, I found you in this book." <laughs> She's like, "Oh, you know, we weren't really fighting." And I was like, "Oh, Mom, <laughs> uh, like, uh, did you ever strip?" And she was like, "No, but I burlesque danced a couple times." I was like, "Did you have a burlesque dancing name?" And she said, "Bootsy Bellows." So that's uh, why it's named that. I opened it with uh, um, my two partners, Brian Toll and John Terzian from the H-Wood Group. And they've gone on to open about 20 different places. And um, yeah, so Bootsies has been great. We have one at SoFi Stadium, too, for all of the Rams. Wow. Yeah. It's and your partners in all of them. Yeah. I mean, Aspen's a licensing deal, so we have a partner up there, Andrew. But um, aside from that, yeah. Are you business minded? A little bit. It's not like I'm not the greatest about it. I need business partners. I'm more creative marketing. Like I have those kind of th things. That I'm it good sounds at like, I mean, for someone who's more creative than business minded. And first of all, the most important thing is to know that because so many people who are creative get have opportunities and then they think that they're like, the business part of it and it the chefs do this all the time and it ends up being a disaster. And so it's smart to say I'm more creative, but I partner with the right people. But I think it's fascinating that you came, you have two things that really have like gone on for exponential success. Is it, do you, what percentage of your career do you think has been luck and skill? And I, and I consider, or, yeah, luck, intelligence, skill. I consider skill like knowing the right projects to pick also. So what percentage do you think is is each? I think there's a lot of luck in general, just in this business and whatever business you're going in. I also think a lot of that luck comes from falling down on your face first. And then, you know, you know, your, your first experience in the nightclub industry or my first experience was I learned a lot. I lost a lot. I was then able to go on and create something successful. So the first one I lost a lot in. The second one has gone on for 10 years now. But um, yeah, learning from your mistakes is really important. And, um, you know, figuring out how to delegate, how to work with people. The best experiences I've had uh, on a professional level, I mean, some of them. We did a game show at one point called Celebrity Name Game. And we got to work with um, a Fremantle. Uh, mm -hmm. and and just like yeah I don't know just the group that we had brought together they were just so like um, I don't know just everyone knew their job and did it really well on a very high level so it was like having this really you know the pie got cut up a lot more mm -hmm. people were just yeah I don't know there was just a professional level so when you the point is when you work with 
you know, really skilled people, you share with them, but then you, you know, you create. All boats the- rise with the tide. Yeah, that whole thing. Right. It's the alchemy, uh, which uh, somebody Ian Schrager said to me about everything coming together. Alchemy. I like that word. Uh, no, but it sounds like you were an actor and kind of early in diversifying your portfolio and being in these other businesses that are uh, passive income, you know, like you're sleeping and Bootsy Bells is making money. Yeah. That was mainly like uh, out of a desire not to just go crazy. There's a certain, like pretty much uh, let's say November, November to through the new year as an actor, if you haven't booked something, you're just going to be like, Obsessive. three months and it's during the holidays it's just really hard you know you typically ah. actor you know if you're not don't have certain income if you're a working actor it literally can be like the hardest time of the year it's right around christmas which is so uh, i didn't know that no one's ever said that to me before i did not know i would never have known that yeah i mean it's changed a little now it was even harder core when there were three networks and you know right go- goes but uh it's a little better now but if you haven't booked something and then you go into so for that i started you know making sure i was doing art making sure i was you know doing some other business i started a clothing line for a while with ben harper called proper and you know took another bath with that yeah <laughs> but learned it was like this uh incredible experience like learning the garment industry and you're usually putting your own money into these things it's like a um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, arts, yeah. So what's like, been the most lucrative business? What's been the most lucrative aspect of your entire career? I'm not saying you're going to like, tell me what the numbers. I just mean like what thing? Would we be surprised by it? I don't know. Um, my wife's just amazing. She she produced the, uh, helped produce the, they call me magic, the Magic Johnson documentary and being able mm-hmm. to, I produce it with her. Well, oh, okay. I was a co-EP, but um, being able to work with, a, you know, a hero of mine like Magic and, and create something that he was proud of, that w- was really a joy. We also invested in a, a nonfiction uh, movie studio called XTR. And um, and my friend Tony Shea had invested in, in a, a movie that got nominated for an Academy Award after he had passed. But uh, that was kind of a... a a big moment just because it was something he wanted to get nominated for something at Sundance and, and, and you're uh, definitely an investor. And I don't, that's nowhere written. That's interesting. You're definitely an investor. You, you just named like 10 different investments over the course yeah. of the conversation. You're an investor. I'm in early seed money, sweat equity. That's like, we then bring in investors for the bigger sort of stuff is sort of what we. So what's focus. been the best thing you've ever invested in? I don't know. I invested in Bozo the Clown. It took me 15 years and it was like a dream of mine from when I was a kid. It was, it's been more than I, you know, anticipated, like you kind of need a huge infrastructure and like, you know, big time lawyers to kind of handle a, a IP like this. But it's been uh, really a lot of joy. You know, we're doing music and we're you know, doing going to do a, a film and uh, doing a documentary at the moment, which has been fun, like editing with my wife. It's always hilarious. But she from was, a business perspective, like, uh, tell yes. me what, like, 
I'm um, not asking numbers. Like, what has had the best ROI? Not not emotionally, but like actual business. The club just, or the scream or scream. What's the most financially successful? Yeah, probably. yeah, for sure. Is what the club? Scream the scream stuff. Well, the scream. club. You know, we're the club is is great and incredible. It's more of a if we ever sell it kind of thing. Well, that would be then at that point. But right now, it's uh, it would be scream. But screaming because it has all of the other appearances and all the other things that go with it. And like, it's a whole world. It's like being an American Idol or something. You keep going on tour and it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of am weird. Like I look for my high marks, not sort of on the financial side. It's more like the little moments of uh, sort of full circle moments. Because I was uh, doing uh, Mrs. Davis and I'd gotten it from an audition on a on the computer, which I never you know, right. for years, you send in these things and, you know, you just never hear. So I finally got one and it's a really big show. And I get to work with these incredible directors and, and actors. And then I worked on a, and it's on the Warner Brothers lot. So I spent a lot of time there during the Friends times. Right. So moment of, I've always loved magicians. I get to play a magician I'm working with uh, Betsy Gilpin, who's just incredible in this uh, show and Elizabeth Marvel and I'm just like like top tier actors I'm just like having this experience and I'm playing a magician and then I look up and I'm on the lot and it says Warner Brothers right there and it's big and we're in the biggest like it's like getting to feel like what it really was or what you dreamt it would be and it's like magical it sounds like it it's interesting back I'm back here mm-hmm no, and it's not like you're doing some weird thing just to piece together like a career and money. Like you're back to like you're an actor and you're out of studio, like you know, back yeah. Metro Goldwyn Mayer, like that type of vibe. Yeah, I get it. You're on a lot. Like that's very iconic. Keep fighting, like keep fighting. Because even right now, I don't know what my next job is. And I'm auditioning for, for things, and I'm like going out there, and I'm having these meetings, and I'm like, you know, you're still just like you know, thirty three years in this business. I'm to like training you know yeah but that keeps you alive that's i think that's interesting it's it's so funny you say that because what you're talking about is purpose in a way and like i have certain things in my business that are more lucrative than ever like I've, i'm doing extremely well but i don't want to say the right the word bored because i don't want to do too much because i like my life the way i like it so when something comes to me that's going to be really bulky and wieldy and like stressful i don't want to do it but i also don't want to be just like wandering around my house you know like in my in my like you know these slippers i have that have mice on them like with no so so when i do these things like you're talking about i went to go do a show in florida for 10 days and like you wake up and like you're in a studio and like you're a person and you're interacting and like i don't want that to be my whole life i don't want to be like on a talk show stuff for 365 days a year but like you get a little you get a little hit you get a, you book an appearance get on a plane you sit in a hotel you feel like a person again and then you come back to your nest but i get what you're saying cuz it's like oh i have purpose yeah i i love when when you can kind of create your reality in your environment it's like i'm such a fan of adam sandler and the way he's worked with his friends and he's really kind yes. of created this whole environment so it's kind of like my idea with the bozo thing which i'm trying to put together is just get this little core group that's not too big you know what i mean that doesn't mm -hmm. take huge production to do a film and then you yes. can just hang out these things like 
a guy named Ernest, the, the guy who did Ernest. I don't know if you remember him, but like Ernest goes to camp and all these things. Yes, of course. The sort of model where it's just kind of small. You could do it on your own. You could do it this little. Yes. Hire all your friends. You don't need these huge budgets because you're no. not these big stars. And then you could just go have fun and like write. Totally. Your- totally. Yeah. Well, that's that's. Yeah. I, I literally was sitting down screwing around a year ago and I became a 52 year old beauty influencer I literally I did not I've never known how to do my own makeup it bothered me because if I was in Ohio I, I I didn't know how to do it and so I, I just started playing around and all these people on TikTok were like I didn't know they were lying I didn't know they were filtered but they were like oh my god the glow and the, and I was like I want that I'm buying that and I'm buying that and then all of a sudden I was like wait is this bullshit and I started buying all this drugstore stuff and comparing it to the stuff that I have that, that people have given me that's expensive because I can afford to buy anything. But I was playing around with like CoverGirl and the, the, the cheap stuff and it was the same exact thing. And it was like this discovery because I'm talking to like the moms that just want to get out. They have 10 minutes to get ready. They're not like these yeah. experts. And it exploded into this crazy thing. And the thing that people like about it is the homemade of it. Like I'll go in with bad lighting because I don't even know how to do lighting going into the dollar store and start buying makeup. And now everybody wants to be in business with me because this thing exploded when I tell you millions and millions of views. And now like YouTube series and stuff. And I'm like, but I don't want it to be too perfect. I'm like, I don't want like good production. I want it to be like decent, but I want it to not be too perfect. I'm not, if once you make it too perfect, Coca-Cola buys you, it's all fucked. Happened to me in my liquor business. Beam Global, multi-billion dollar company comes in, you're fucked. Because it's not like got the trustworthy spirit of it. So it's like what you're saying. Totally. And then you don't I, want it to be too polished. Do you, like, does one need as far as like being busy? You know what I mean? To, like, bro, it always feels like we're in this cycle of like work, 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 work. And then it's like, wait a second. <laughs> it's really nice to go on a walk. It's really. Yes. Yes. The wind. It's like, uh, you know, appreciate a, a iced tea or something. Like, really kind of, like, find those moments. That's yep. where I, oh, that's where I've kind of, like, now I can spend any amount of time with my kids because I could go to, like, their Same. soft game and just sit there and, like, watch these silly kids. That's what I'm doing today. Exactly. So you're like me where you want to not be, like, jello, but you also don't want to be in the grind where, like, everything you're talking about is being on your phone. I got to do this and I got to do that and, like, schedule with an interviewer life. That's true balance, I think. Everyone always makes it like it's the, you know, that's the true balance. Like, just being present in being with your kids at the game today because I'm going to the lacrosse game. And then being present in the appearance or the beauty review or, or the Bozo Project. Like, being present in both. Not apologizing for either, but also not, like, working to fill a hole. and being jello you know to rebel from that yeah like it's uh, examples like with bootsies bootsies and h would they become really big so we used to always do these coachella events every year bootsies with like mcdonald's or all these things and then um they just started then rebranding it now as h wood now they're doing them all h wood at coachella and i'm kind of like you know for for a second my ego gets like wait Bootsy started that, but then I'm like, right. I don't have to participate. I don't have to go to Coachella. I don't have to, right. not that I did it all the time anyway, but in general, it's just, I don't know. I'm all right with like, okay, you, you guys shine. Like they're hustling, like do it. Like, 
Absolutely. That's the age. That's the age, like holding on to everything and realizing it's the under the wave. Like you're, yeah, you're, gonna, you're not, you're, you're not making any less money and it really doesn't um, matter. But like, it's so true. You just sit there and you're like, that's just putting down all these like obligations and saying yes in the moment. Cause it sounds good. Cause it's just a word on a calendar. And then when it comes, you're like, Ugh. I know. You know, I have a real, I, that I, I've been holding back my yeses a little more because I used to very much more like, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you are, you have three kids. You have two children with your marriage now, which has been a long, this marriage has been for a long time too, right? Yeah, eight years. Eight years. Uh, And you live in Nashville and it sounds like you, it sounds like you have a decent amount of peace. Like what used to be, I say, someone said to me, good 
is great. Like good now is great. Like I, it's not a, it's not a, it's not action crazy. Like, you know, off the, on the seat, off the seat of your pants, like jets. I used to be like jet setting everywhere and running around and like highs and lows, a roller coaster driving with no brakes. But like now life is peaceful and good. And I think that at this point, like that's what you just want. Like no, like really no drama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, little moments of like, I don't, I don't want to get too wild ever, but little moments of like, like I can't believe like finding those moments to like laugh with your friends and just like have a really great silly time. As long as you can do that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, you've been sober how many years? I wouldn't say sober. I don't drink. Uh, I will smoke like once in a while. I try not to do it too much, but it. Okay, so you've been you've not you gave up alcohol, but do you yeah. call yourself an alcoholic, or it just wasn't working for you in your life? Like. I alcoholic i'm just an addict in general i'm like ah, I'm egomaniac when i do any of that kind of stuff but i don't think like pot's that bad if you're like you know gonna go to sleep or something like that you know a little bit and you're not gonna play bozo in any of these projects in this project i've been i've been playing a little bit of bozo we're still figuring it all out but yeah i'm going to play bozo oh okay great i think that i mean respectfully i think that's perfect you know what I mean? Like, that's not like they, I don't like walk up to people like you'd be great at playing Bozo, but you'd be great at playing Bozo <laughs> and your kids will love it. I went to Chicago and like I met with the WGN people and they're all like, well, you're not a Chicago Bozo. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like maybe I'm an Evanston Bozo. That's hilarious. That's funny. Well, people have, they're very opinionated. Did you, cause you, you're definitely quirky and I like that. Like you're not mainstream. So I consider myself kind of mainstream, sadly. Did you know who I was? Did your publicist like shove you to meet with me and like do this? I am totally a fan for sure. I think. Of I, me? Yeah, for sure. I'm a fan of, of you on the, on the show, but also all of your business uh, prowess has been incredible. So that's, I always look for that and I always like think that impressive oh, okay. i would guess that you i literally if i saw you in a restaurant and someone said oh and that's david arcade i'd be like he definitely has no idea who i am that's what i would say that's funny so i'm wrong and that happens a lot on here for sure um, i know I, I love those shows too i mean for for you know when i watch them i don't watch them that often but um what was the other thing i think you guys may have gone to my first nightclub uh uh beecher's madhouse at one point i don't know if you yes is that the one is that where's that at the roosevelt that was my first nightclub it was at the roosevelt hotel it was called in the la that's beecher's madhouse yeah yes i did go there i don't i don't know it was it wires that would come down at your table with big giant bottles of champagne i know it's inappropriate and and uh it's a different time no i definitely went there yeah, you've had a lot. You've had many lives, David. Um, I think it I was what I was saying. Oh, amazing. You have a good memory then because I went to the place in Aspen too. So I've supported your business endeavors. Um, well, it was amazing to talk to you. And now I know you and um, you're very, very interesting. And I literally, I, I was so excited to interview you because when I read all about you, I'm like, this guy has like a lot going on. For someone <laughs> who seems sheepish and quiet. So congratulations on all your success and may it continue and love to your family. And I really appreciated talking to you. Thank you. You too. Awesome. For- all right. Let me know about Bozo and like whatever's coming up. I live in 
Connecticut, but I'm in LA a lot. So if there's ever anything that applies to me, I'll support you. For sure. Healthy humor. We support healthy humor, which is uh, the um, medical clowns that go into 15 hospitals throughout the country. Oh. And because a a patient that interacts with a clown before surgery has a 40% better outcome. It's a statistic. That's crazy. Argentina, every children's hospital has medical clowns in them. So they're really amazing, like the magical uh, healing that they do. That's unbelievable. In these hospitals. Yeah, it's called Healthy Humor. So we just did a big event for them at Bootsy Bellows. So if anything, you'll hear about something like that. Oh, I love that. All right, Healthy Humor. I love that. It's New York. Oh, it's New York based? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. And then they were the charity wing. They separated. Now they're healthy humor. You're into everything. This is amazing. You really, you're really touching so many different things. Um, okay. Is there anything we forgot to talk about? Like anything you wanted to promote as it pertains to and then, Scream or Bozo? Feeding America is another charity I'm, I do a lot of work with. And I'll I've do worked some... with Feeding America because yeah, we the... do relief work, and we've we've had for uh, for Hurricane Maria. You were one of the uh, first groups we met with. If you ever need any any help in that department i love feeding america they're a beautiful organization okay yeah because we've met them on tarmacs and brought food on planes to go to different uh uh, relief relief zones um amazing so good to meet you and have an amazing day you too thank you awesome david oh the people you get to meet on just be that was david arquette Someone that is my generation, and I've read about him so much, and I'm so lucky that I get to just meet these people that are people, because the truth is we just think of them as characters, as headlines, as tabloids, as people's husbands, as characters in movies, and, like, that's he's a person, and he's a cool person, and now I know him, and, like... This has been such an education. I'm just, I don't know. It's just so exciting. Like I read about him. I'm like, what the hell? He had so much going on. Why would I know about it? I don't know him, but now I know him. Now you guys know him and support him. So thank you so much for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. That was David Arquette. Very interesting guy. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. 
They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.